Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Now Rodgers sits down. He's hurt. 11-15 to go in the opening quarter. A loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. A calf of the quarterback of the New York Jets. Still going to say a prayer. I'm still going to hold out hope. You know, my, my heart's with Aaron right now, not nowhere else. Could they get a miracle result? No. no, no. I'm going to try and do the show like normal today, but these are not normal circumstances. A very terrible thing has happened. I don't know that I've ever seen a team buy in on a player as we've seen the Jets. And Aaron Rodgers is injured on the sack by Leonard Floyd. So here's the bottom line. Just don't, don't, don't do that. All right, Greeny, whether we roll along here, I can't bring myself to say the words back and better than ever because, frankly, I don't want to lie to you, and I am most definitely not better than ever. I am back. That's about as much as I can possibly tell you today. It, look, we're down here, and, and for those of you who are just joining us at the beginning of a new hour, I, I, I have expressed my emotions I know that a lot of people are interested in how I'm feeling. I really appreciate it. Bubba was telling me that last night everyone was getting texts and notes and because they knew you were there and people were asking how I'm doing, right, as though, you know, I had lost a member of the family. And, and, and look, clearly I have the perspective to understand that far worse things happened all over the world yesterday than the quarterback of a football team getting hurt. But for those of us who care about sports as deeply as I do, and I assume you do, because if you're listening to a show like this one, it has to be because it matters disproportionately to you the way it does to me. Within those confines, this is, of course, a sports tragedy. And my uh, reaction is numbness. I'm not angry. I would so much rather be angry. I love being angry. I channel my frustration into anger very well as a fan, so much so that I know a lot of Jet fans have been mad at me over many years. I hear it all the time because I am very tough on the organization, and I don't apologize for it because I think... As a fan, I hold their feet to the fire, and they've gotten so many things wrong. But in this case, I don't think anyone did anything wrong. I think sometimes really unfortunate, unlucky things happen. An MRI confirmed today that Aaron Rodgers officially tore his Achilles on the fourth play of his Jets career. Rodgers' season now officially is over. There are already are questions about whether his Hall of Fame career is too. I'm texting that to my son, who has been yelling at me that I need, I, I need to tell him immediately when something happens. He is in Prague and would not otherwise have gotten that news. So I just forwarded Shefty's text. Uh, this is not a surprise. This is precisely the news that was expected. I've been telling you that all morning long. All of the players around me said this is the easiest injury to diagnose, uh, that the, the doctors know immediately, the players know immediately when it has happened, based upon a player's inability to get up on their toes. The doctor will say, can you get up on your toes? Just envision if you were standing right now, and I said to you, just get up on your toes. You could do it. You don't have to be in good shape to do it. Anyone can basically get up on their tippy-toe. If you can't do that, then they know immediately that's the injury, and that's what happened to Aaron Rodgers on his fourth play as a Jet. And so it just confirms what we certainly knew was going to be the case. And so I'll just repeat my overriding, overwhelming reaction is just sadness. I'm just sad. And in this particular case, of course, I'm really sad for myself and all of the fans because of all the excitement that we had for this season and for this acquisition and all that we will not now get to have over the next 
four months or whatever it is. But in this particular case, I, who I'm the first to admit, I view life almost exclusively through the prism of how things affect me. In this case, I really feel terrible for the organization. I do. I feel ter- I feel sick for Woody Johnson and for Joe Douglas and for uh, Robert Sala and for everyone involved. I feel sick for Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner and Quinnen Williams and Brees Hall and everybody on that team. I feel sick for them because they did everything right. When you do it wrong, you deserve to be criticized. And I, again, I make no apologies for how critical I have been of the organization at various times over the years. But when you do everything right, you don't deserve this. It's not fair. Life is not fair. Sports is not fair. Football is an inherently violent and dangerous game. And every single season, a small handful of teams have their year completely ruined by injury. And as a football fan, you just hope against hope every year that it isn't your team. And this year it is. So they will rally. They will do everything they can to still have a representative season. And we saw last night how good their defense is. It's excellent. They win the game on a special teams play, so obviously that can happen too. And they'll do their best to play around Zach Wilson. And as Graziano reminded us this morning, I remember Dick Vermeil standing there holding back tears, his trademark tears, saying to an assembled group of media after – it wasn't Trent Dilfer. Trent uh, Green. Trent Green got hurt. We will rally around Kurt Warner, and we will play good football. And the next thing you know, Kurt Warner won the MVP, and the Rams won the Super Bowl. Yeah, no one knew who Kurt Warner was when he was saying that. The problem is, counting on something like that is a big mistake because that was so unusual, they made a freaking movie out of it. So you don't sit around saying, boy, let's count on that. Now, Kurt Warner was bagging groceries in Iowa at a time that Zach Wilson was the second pick in the draft. Zach Wilson has it in him. He has the talent to be an NFL quarterback. I'm not sure if he has any of the other things that are required. We're going to find out. He's being thrust into a really, really difficult situation. I think it is actually incumbent upon fans of the team now to support him as best they can. They play on the road this weekend, but no matter how badly things go this Sunday at Dallas, and this could be a really ugly game, they come home to play New England the following week. That is a monster game for a million different reasons. And assuming Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback for the Jets that week, week, which I assume he will be, he needs the fans behind him. And if he throws a pick early, he needs the fans to stay behind him. We have to. We have to try and lift him up until there, until it is obvious that it is time to give up. So do I expect Zach Wilson to be the answer? I don't. I do not. But we don't have a better answer. So we just got to hope against hope. So, I mean, you have the pulse of the fan base. You are the pulse of the fan base. Let's, you know, bringing in a, a backup quarterback sort of seems to be a fait accompli because you just need another human being to do that. But do you think we're living in a world in which we should be operating like Zach Wilson is QB1 this season until otherwise called upon? Or do you think a Carson Wentz, a Matt Ryan, a Nick Foles, a let's find someone to start over him right now is more in line? So you you bring up exactly the right point. There are two issues to deal with or, or, or there are two decisions to be made. 
One of them is, do you just bring in a backup? They have Tim Boyle. He's been there all summer long. He came from Green Bay. He knows the offense, and he's on the practice squad. They just elevate him. That's the easy thing to do. And then Zach Wilson is your quarterback, and there's a backup. The other question you're asking me is, is there another human being currently walking the face of planet Earth who is available or can be made available that gives you a better chance? And the answer is, probably. Who is that and what do you have to do? Let's go through the options. Let's go through the recently retired. Matt Ryan, he's in the booth at CBS. Does that give you a better chance? I don't know if you could talk him into playing or not. Sarah Ryan, his wife, reached out to us last night to offer her condolences on what happened to Aaron. I don't take that for what it's worth. But, but, but does Matt Ryan give you a better chance? Does Philip Rivers give you a better chance? Tom Brady obviously would, and people are making a big deal about the fact that he's in New York today. He still has a home in New York. There's no way in hell Brady is doing this. Let's put it, look, let's just say this out loud. If Tom Brady wanted to do this, you do it immediately. But I can't picture that under practically any circumstances. So the Carson Wentz's, those kinds of people who are on the street, are they a better option than what you have? You consider that. Then you consider active players that might be able to be pried loose from where they are. I'm just going to throw names out there. Gardner Minshew, Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford. Now, what I can tell you for certain is that at the beginning of the recently finished offseason, when the Jets didn't know yet if they'd be able to get Rodgers, they definitely reached out to the Rams and to Stafford. They definitely looked into that. And it is my understanding, I I don't know this for certain, but it is my understanding that Stafford did not want to move his whole family across the country and all that kind of stuff. He's got little kids, and I think he's got four kids. He has a lot of kids, and he didn't want to do it, that that was not interesting to him then. Having said that, that would suggest to me it isn't interesting to him now either because it's harder to do it now than it would be to do it with an entire offseason and, oh, by the way, the Rams are 1-0, and so they're probably not looking to trade their starting quarterback this minute anyway. Stafford, in theory, would be a better option than Zach Wilson. Is Andy Dalton a better option? Do you have a better chance of winning if you trade for Andy Dalton? Do you have a better chance of winning if you trade for Gardner Minshew? These are veteran quarterbacks who have been starters who are currently backups. And, and might be tradable. Where is Jacoby Brissett now? He's the backup in Washington. Okay. Is Jacoby Brissett an option? Is that better than what we have? Probably not. Like, no, no person that you've said so far with, that is anywhere in the realm of possibility provides you a better option than your third-year quarterback with 1,200 snaps in this offense. Like, we know, generally speaking, what it's going to look like, and it's going to look really, really bad. But at least he has the experience. And whether or not the team is behind him, whether or not the fan base be, uh, is or is not behind him, it doesn't really matter. Like Zach Wilson is your next best option. It, the Aaron Rodgers miracle befell you. But Zach, but Zach Wilson was your guy as recently as last year. I think it does matter, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I think a big part of Zach Wilson's problem is his psyche. And, and, and I, I don't think he is made of the... I think there is reason to worry that he is cut out for this. And I think that the most important tutelage he was going to get under the wing of Rodgers over the course of at least a year, hopefully two years, was that part of it. 
They need to build him back up again. His confidence has not risen to the place. It would be impossible to expect him to have his confidence have risen to that place, which is why they need to get behind him. They need to. I know they didn't believe in him last year. No one wanted anything to do with him. They're wearing Mike White T-shirts. That has to go away because he is their chance. We go to Dallas this week. Then we get New England at home. Then we get Kansas City at home. Then we got Denver. That's a, If we don't come out with our hair on fire for that game, we never will. And then we get the Eagles. That's the gauntlet. That's the six-game gauntlet to start the season we've been talking about forever. I've had circled on my calendar for the longest time the Buffalo game last night. Why? Because New England feels winnable. Denver feels winnable. Philly, Kansas City, and at Dallas all feel much tougher to me. So the big question mark was Buffalo. If we beat Buffalo, three and three feels like an option. Three and three, you've got a season ahead of you. Two and four, you're wavering. One and five, you're buried. So winning the Buffalo game gives you, what you're looking now is to buy yourself time. Because whatever offense you've built, you built it for Aaron Rodgers in every conceivable way. You need to remake this into whatever you're going to remake it into. So... If they can buy themselves, if they find a way to win that Denver game, which I have to believe go, they want to rip Sean Payton's team to shreds for, after all the things he said, and then just find one more win. Is it home against New England? They look better than we thought. Is it home against Kansas City? They look worse than we thought, but we think they'll get Travis Kelsey back, and they have Chris Jones back. Is it Philly? That feels like a tough game. What's the other one that I said? I've, I've forgotten. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. I, th- I think it's, it's very Dallas similar. Dallas a brutal it game. It ends up being this similar situation to last year, though, with Cooper Rush. I mean, it's not the exact same situation, but I remember I was down and out, not nearly as down and out as you were when Dak was out, and you were the one who told me, look, if Cooper Rush can just kind of hold steady and get the job done, Dak can come back, and, and that's that, exactly that's what happened. That's the problem, is Dak was coming back. No, exactly. It's not the exact same thing, but like you're saying, if they can kind of, and, and Cooper did way better than we can expect, but if they can kind of just hold firm and, you know, hold serve and get, if they do three and three, even two and four, they can, they can, and bring if they some, get to three and three, but the problem is, and then what? Like, you were holding on until Dak came right. back. You know, At three and three, nothing changes. We right. just keep trying to win. Like, I just keep. I mean, it depends on if they are going to bring some, if there is another option, that yeah. would be the question. The defense is great. Because, yeah, that, I mean, they're great. so good. Three interceptions. I mean, they were unbelievable last night. Four turnovers. We've got to talk about Josh Allen also uh, this morning. I'm going to take a short break. We'll come back. He was terrible. You'll hear from Damian Woody. Uh, Hambo has a ton of questions put together. We'll get to all of that in just a minute. It's a, a morning, quite candidly, unlike any I can remember in a long time. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. A reminder, you can watch our show on the ESPN app. Just click on watch. Look for hashtag Greeny and you can... Hopefully enjoy spending some time with us. If you do it today, you're going to see Bubba in our studio. Bubba stayed over my house last night. Again, we had this big party last night to celebrate. That's really what it was. It was a celebration last night that turned into basically a funeral. I mean, that's what it felt like. And if you were just joining us, the news has come across. It is official. Uh, the Jets' suspicion was confirmed that it is a torn Achilles tendon for Aaron Rodgers. And his season is over. And as Shefty points out on Twitter... It is certainly possible that his career is over. That will first and foremost be up to him. They have a lot of figuring out to do from this point forward. You said you had a bunch of football numbers you were going to run by me, Hembo. Let's hear those. Well, I think now we're living in a world in which we, at least in the meantime, expect Zach Wilson to be the Jets' starting quarterback. You said you, tux- uh, you texted your son Stevie and said he just needs to be 25% better, right, for this team to have If a he's chance- 25% better than he was a year ago, I think the Jets make the playoffs. The problem with that is that this was not a year about making the playoffs. This was a year about winning the Super Bowl. And I find that so monstrously unlikely, I I can't even put that part of it into words. But, yes, going back to that, I I texted Stevie, if he's 25% better than he was last year, I think that they make the playoffs. So over the last two seasons, 22 and 23, the Jets are 7-1 when they score 20 points. 20 points, not that many points. They won seven of those eight games. So two years ago, when Zach Wilson started, the offense averaged 15.2. Last year, the offense averaged 17.6. I went back and looked at every single playoff team from 2020 through 2022, since we went to the 14 teams. Right. All but one averaged at least 20 points a game on offense. The exception was the Buccaneers last year when they won that god-awful division at 8-9. and But basically, like 2021 Pittsburgh, 20.2. 2022 Ravens, 20.6. In other words... The Jets need to be able to average 20 points a game with this defense to get into the playoffs. That, I think, is the entry point. Do you think they can get there? What did we score last night? Uh, 22 points. because of the run back. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, yes, do I think that's possible? Sure. The, the Jets have elite talent at running back. They have elite talent at wide receiver. Do I think they can parlay that into 20 points a game? Yeah. 
What they cannot count on is four turnovers and a punt return for a touchdown. Like, you don't win games because you turn the other team over four times and run a punt back for a touchdown. That's not something you can count on. I think they will have an elite defense. I agree with the, the, the basic idea that if they hold teams under 20 points, well, no, that if they score more than 20 points, they will win most of their games. I don't know that you beat Patrick Mahomes 20-17. to 17. I don't know that they're going to beat the Eagles 20-17. to 17. I don't know that you're going to beat the Cowboys this weekend 20-17. to 17. But generally, yes, I think they can win enough games to get into the playoffs. So the answer to your question is yes. 20 points a game. If the Jets average 21 points a game this season, my prediction is they will make the playoffs. And so all we have to do then is alter our, our expectations. Like, no, the Jets aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year. But if the Jets reach the playoffs, that would be a massive accomplishment for a team that hasn't done anything lately and is operating with a backup quarterback for almost their entire season. Right. Right? Yes. The problem is that doesn't really make me feel better, but I understand what you're I saying. Mean, they still got to play the games. Yes. And you're still going to watch them. Look, this happened in 99. This, hap- this exact thing happened with Vinny Testaverde in 99. And Bill Parcells said two things. That I'll never forget what he said after. No one's going to feel sorry for us, and they're not canceling the rest of the schedule. So at that point, they still had 15 games left. Now they have 16 games left. They got to go through them as best as they can. Bubba, I'm going to ask you a serious question here because you are a, a Cowboy fan, and we always talk that way. Mm. How? What should? What is there a line on that game right now? I want you to guess. Actually, oh my god! I mean, it opened at three and a half, but that was obviously with Rogers. It opened at the Cowboys minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. That line should have moved over a touchdown. I, I'm going to say at least seven and a half. Or, or or eight should be the number. Eight and a half is the number right yeah. now. And I, mean, I, I think, think it's that's be, right. It'll creep closer to 10 by the end of the week. Look, th- wow. that's a game that was probably a loss anyway. Short week coming off the incredibly emotional opener on the road against a Dallas team that is red hot. I mean, that's not an easy win. That, that's, that's a game that if you, when you sit down and, and, and map out a season, you think to yourself, all right, that could be a game you lose. And it's a road game outside conference outside of the conference, if you're going to lose one, that's the one you want to lose. You want to beat New England. The, following, the bottom line of it is you would have said, if in the next two weeks you want to make sure that you win one of those two games, the New England game is the one you want to win. Sure. And frankly, it's the one they have a much better chance of winning. Yeah, I mean, it would be tough going. I mean, without knowing how the Jets' offense would have been, it wouldn't have shocked me if the Jets beat the Cowboys next week because really the Jets' def- I mean, the Cowboys' defense was unbelievable last week, but we still really didn't get to truly see how good the Cowboys' offense can be mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm definitely gonna be curious to see how good the Cowboys offense will now be against a legit defense I definitely am still worried how that's gonna be because I mean in the end Dak didn't really do too much he didn't have to he didn't have to do much the defense carried him. the defense won that game which was which was great but I I don't know it wouldn't shock me if the Jets it's closer this week than you think because I, I'm gonna be curious to see what the Cowboys offense is like with Mike McCarthy Calling the plays again, and when they actually have a legit defense they're facing. I hope you're 100% right. It would tell me a lot if the Jets play this game tough. With Aaron Rodgers, there are no moral victories. Without Aaron Rodgers, there are. Mm -hmm. If the Jets play the Cowboys tough this weekend, it will send a signal. It will send a signal that they haven't 
folded up the tents, that they're still good enough to compete with good teams. The Cowboys look certainly in week yeah, I one. mean, it's not like I'm expecting 40 nothing every week. That no. was, I mean, that was unbelievable. But so, they were a contender. Oh, the for Cowboys sure. Are yeah. a and, contender. and their defense is elite without question. But I, like I, said, I think the point is we just haven't really seen what we can expect from that Cowboys offense yet. I think there are pieces. I like what we saw from Brandon Cooks, but uh, and Pollard will still be, will be good. But there's still going to be questions. We, we need, Dak still needs to have a, a game yet. He hasn't really had, had a, a game yet. I've got a couple of sound bites here. I'm going to play. Then we're going to um, we're going to come back and we're going to do um, some phone calls. I, I see that a few have popped up already, and I've been I've been. We're going to get some calls in here, and Hembo's got a bunch of questions. But I'll, I'll give you the phone number to call in just a minute. First, here was Damian Woody. I keep making this point, talking about um, the Achilles and the injury. The Achilles injuries is one of the more grueling injuries that you rehabs that you have to go through. Literally, it almost felt like I had to learn how to walk again, like certain functions with my my lower leg to to really get things up to speed. And I was in year twelve. When you're in year twelve and you sustain certain injuries throughout your career. Sometimes it's just insurmountable. You just like, okay, it's just time for me to go. I think the question for Aaron Rodgers is like, I've spent all offseason, I've been, you know, in this environment. I've, you heard Aaron Rodgers talk about how much fun he's had. Like, right. he was reinvigorated. Do you really want your career to end on that note? I just have a hard time thinking that Aaron Rodgers, with everything that's transpired this whole offseason with the Jets, for it to, to abruptly come to an end like that. So the questions then remain. Will he want to come back? And if he does, can he? We'll answer them in a minute. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776. We'll take your calls on all this quickly uh, go through a couple of your questions well i want to ask if now is a good time the best time if we can actually have the conversation about playing on turf rather than playing on grass like this is an nflpa priority for many many years it's all over twitter the nflpa retweeted david bakhtiari who oh yeah re- like, so many tweets about it last the night. cop the link to that study like there is in baseball in 2011 buster posey broke his leg when someone knocked him over at home plate and in effect they changed the rule forever they've been playing baseball one way for 140 years and they changed the rule forever if not now, when? If Aaron Rodgers going down in a heap on Monday Night Football to cap the season in his first ever start for the New York Jets does not trigger some action, what could possibly do it? To me, like this is the, this is, this is the time for which that, could actually, that change could actually occur because we have that sort of like touchstone moment. I'll take the under. And I'll tell you why I'll take the under. Because when they made that change in the wake of the Buster Posey play, they changed a rule. Do you know what it didn't cost them? Any money. They just changed a rule. Changing all these fields to grass is very expensive. And if there's one thing that we have seen through the more than 100-year history of the National Football League, it is that the owners don't worry about that stuff as much as we think they should. Regardless of the investment, Woody Johnson will be devastated and crushed and sad that this happened. But will he then go into the next owners' meetings and say, stand on a table and say, guys, we must make this change? God bless him if he does. I wouldn't bet on it. Mm. That would be my prediction. Mm. The point that is being made here to Hembo's question is when the World Cup is here in this country, which is, is that in four years or in mm. seven years? Uh, Whenever that is. 2026. So, so four years. Uh, three years now, sorry, when it's coming here, 
they're going to change out all of the stadiums in which the soccer players play, many of which are NFL stadiums. Maybe all of them are NFL stadiums. And those that are on turf, they're going to change that to grass. The soccer will only be played on grass. And so Bakhtiari is asking the question, why the hell are they willing to make that change for the soccer and they're not willing to make it for us? I I don't have the answer. I don't know if last night's injury is a result of that or not. I understand what you're saying. I want to be mad. This is a fair question to ask today, is it not? Of course. Of course it's a fair question. Do, do I think, do, would I love to see it changed? Yes. Would all the NFL players love to see it changed? Yes. I asked Robert Griffin III about it today. <clears throat> he said every player in the NFL would prefer playing on grass to artificial turf. But it's never happened, and I don't expect it to. If we only had the former president of the NFLPA in studio to ask this question to, it would be way more helpful. Oh, Dominique is sitting right over here. <laughs> Nick, come over here. Bubba, let him have your mic a second if you don't mind. Nick, and we'll do this. I'm sorry. I was going to take the phone calls here, but I didn't see that. Hembo was looking over my shoulder. I didn't see that Nick was here. He just walked in. So Dominique was the president of the NFL Players Association. I assume you've heard the update. It is official. Rodgers is done for the year. Uh, That news came across a little while ago. It, It is by no means a surprise. Hembo just brought up the question, could this seismic event, a player of this magnitude, this important to the league, this important to his team, the ramifications of it being as overwhelming as they are, could it possibly be the impetus to moving the NFL away from artificial turf? Um, You nailed it with the financial considerations. So, like, we see rules change because of quarterbacks all the time. We see rules because quarterbacks get hurt, like the Tom Brady thing, Mm -hmm. because they recognize that the stars in the league, and they recognize that it's going to cost them a lot this year. Like this season, all the primetime games, all the ratings boosts that they were going to use to negotiate their next collective bar, or negotiate their next TV deal, all that stuff is going to be lower because Aaron Rodgers is not part of the season. And he has been positioned as a protagonist for the season. So that is the argument for it. If you're going to say that it's going to happen, the reason why the rule was changed for Tom Brady is not necessarily because of player safety. It's because particular player safeties. Because when you're going to watch a Thursday night game and they say, tune in for J.J. Watt versus Miles Garrett, and they put those two big faces up there, the numbers are going to be a little different than when they say, tune in for Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen. So if someone in the owner's group recognized that their financial loss for having a risk of injury for players like this is higher than the financial loss for what it, co- what it takes to maintain fields, then they will make that decision. So I played in the league for a long time, and there are some fields that are terrible. I played in Denver for three years. Great. They had the best grass in the league. Baltimore used to have some of the best grass in the league, but then they switched to turf. So it, it is a financial consideration. It's not that you can't get hurt anywhere. I tore my ACL on grass. Great grass, first day of training camp. It wasn't even beat up yet. But you get older, things get a little more brittle, and things pop. But I do think that's the only argument for it. They won't say it, honestly, but that is the argument. And if they felt like there was uh, a rash of quarterback injuries because of it, yeah, it's fine. If cornerbacks are tearing their Achilles, meh, doesn't matter. Tackles, eh, doesn't matter. I feel like asking you this question, even though I know you don't know the answer, but just watching it as you did, do you think the turf – contributed to the injury last night? Yeah, so it's impossible to know. You're right, I don't know the answer. But I do know that the force has to go somewhere. So when someone's landing on you or you're cutting, the force has to go somewhere. And it's either absorbed by your ligaments and tendons and bones and your body, and some of it's absorbed by the turf. But what happens sometimes, and the reason why players believe that turf is terrible is, one, 
you can even if you don't feel that it's harder when you're there the next day I just started coaching my son's flag football team and my son is annoyed because all the 10 year old kids love to play on turf and I'm like no we practice on grass whenever we can practice on grass because daddy feels like garbage the day after <laughs> hanging out on turf because the the shocks even if you don't feel them in the moment they're in your body but the reason why players believe that they would be safer on turf is because what happens sometimes is your foot gets stuck in the ground in an uncomfortable way. The turf does not move. But if your foot gets stuck in the ground in an uncomfortable way, you can, like anyone who golfs, knows like a golf divot. The, the force can be absorbed by displacing that dirt. And so that's why, and I, I mean, obviously in that situation, who knows what would have happened, but there is a reasonable argument to say that instead of his Achilles taking up that force, that maybe the grass, he would have just kicked up mm-hmm. some portion of the ga- grass rather than um, taking it in his Achilles. I'll ask you another question since you're here. Um, now that we know for sure this is the injury that we, we uh, certainly expected it to be, do you think that the two questions that remain now are, one, does he want to go through what it will take to come back at the age of 39, soon to be 40? And then two, even if he does, at that age, what percentage of himself do you think he can reasonably reclaim? Yeah, so he's a quarterback. So the the pressure on those body parts is a little different. That's why we see quarterbacks play a little bit longer. His style of play is such that he still likes to move around a little bit. So it does change his style of play. Uh, we've seen guys come back from lots of different injuries. And we saw Tom Brady obviously play uh, at 40 years old and was great. But what you notice about Tom Brady is he made quick decisions. The, the discretion that we want from Josh Allen, the discretion that we expect from Aaron Rodgers, where it's like this play is dead throw it away and move on. That's what he needs to add to his game. But he absolutely, I think, can come back. But the scary thing is, as we all know, you get to a certain point where things just break more easily. So even if he does come back and he rehabilitates this Achilles to the best, all the way back to 100%, the rest of his body is still going to be 40 years old when he gets back out there. And he's still going to try to play the same way. And he's still going to get hit, and you're going to be nervous every time someone comes in contact with them. This was the risk they were taking by putting all their eggs in the basket of a player this old, and you just couldn't have dreamt it would go this badly. Like This was the absolute worst-case scenario that something goes on him immediately, and that is what happened. Neek, thanks for jumping back in here. No problem. I appreciate it. We'll take some calls, as I I promised. That was worth the diversion here to get Dominique in, but we will take these calls before we get done with the day. So let's do it now. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your call's next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Greeny, the podcast. ESPN Radio, Greeny, we continue. Cam, what song, why on earth are you playing Leaving on a Jet Plane by John Denver? Just because the word jet is in it? I thought it was topical. How is this topical? So you decided a song that was recorded in 1970 is topical today because it it, it includes the word jet. Give me some Steve Miller band, Jet Airliner. I I have only one thing to say, Cam. You are an idiot. I've been looking for someone to be mad at all day, and now I'm mad at you. You did production this morning that made fun of the Jets, which was the opposite of the mood that I felt. A song, just because it has the word jet in it, in the meantime, it's depressing and sad. (laughs) It's such an old song. I'm taking, it's, 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 that song is older than me, (laughs) and I'm freaking old. And I got a lot older last night. All right, what did you, one of you wanted to yeah, say something I, I, before I, I take the call. I was just wondering this. It's been a tough day to work. I'm not going to lie to you. I love this job. I love it. I love it here. I love what I do. I love the people I work with. I love what I get to do. I consider it a privilege. Some people have to work. I get to work. I love what I do. Today stunk. Having to come in here, I got all my friends, all my Jet fan friends are like, literally, I just got a text from someone saying, this is the first time I'm able to text. Like, I couldn't even talk until now. This is the one day that coming in here and having to do four hours of this and try to keep it together and not be as upset as I am has been challenging. And freaking Cam playing John Denver songs. What the hell are we doing? All right, Bubba, what were you saying? Yeah, so my question is, normally, what is your question? You know, every Jet game you ever watch for night games, you just go to bed and don't watch. You watch in the morning, which is what Hembo did. So Usually. He woke, he woke up to this news. Yeah. What would you have actually preferred with the way that happened last night where you actually had a, you had a night to kind of process everything, get through everything? Could you imagine if you woke up? Because I assume when you, when you wake up, too, you don't check your phone because you don't want to see any of the scores. On the days so you would go that the right game to the played. TV. Yeah. You would have, you, and on your phone probably would have been... 2,000 notifications, maybe even more. You would have gone right to your TV, woke up, four plays in, and then you would have had probably an hour or two to get ready for Get Up. I think at least what we did last night having the party was better for you, right? I guess that was better. I mean, I guess it was it was good to be able to, to whatever degree I have processed all of the emotions that I have, it was better to do as much of that as it could I mean, before I came in here Can you imagine seeing it one today. hour before Get Up? You Probably just, not. You just that go down bad. and flip on the TV. You see the flag. This is the best thing in TV history. Four plays later, out for the year. And then two minutes later, go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, 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 what was your reaction when you woke up this morning and saw it? Incredulous, obviously. I mean, it was. Like, how well, did you see it? Did, did you, you just see have it like on the 4,000 texts? Or how did yes. I, I received so many texts, people, uh, people asking me how you were doing, even though I slept through it and I wasn't with you. So, like, is that what you saw first? Like, how is Grinny doing? You didn't know what they were referring to? Yes. And you're like, I hope he's like not sick or something. Yes, I, because I, I, well, I assume something crazy happened in the game. Yeah, and something crazy did happen in the game, but not what I thought happened in the game. Wow. All right, I've been promising calls all day. Let's sneak in as many as we can before we're done for the day. Cam, if you have uh, completed your 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 efforts to destroy the show with your music choices, <laughs> who do we have? We got Jacob in Union. All right, Jacob in Union. You're on ESPN Radio. Talk to me. How's it going? Um, terrible. It's going terrible. Great, what kind of? How's it going, question, Jacob? It, it's never been no, going I, worse, I, Jacob. Thank I'm off you. the hook. I'm Let's right, go. I know. I'm right there with you. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. Well, he's not. I just wanted to let you know that. Yeah, sorry. Um, but this is an option that I haven't really heard discussed too much. Um, what do you feel about Kyler Murray? Um, I think he's clearly the best quarterback that is somewhat available. Um, obviously, Stafford is probably not getting traded, so. 
I think Kyler with his, you know, he can move. This O-line clearly can't protect anyone. I think he would be a uh, the best option if we want to try to win. Thank you for the call, Jacob and Union. Kyler Murray will be the center fielder for the Las Vegas A's in two years. Uh, Kyler Murray is not if, – if Kyler Murray is the answer, I don't want to hear the question. First of all, isn't he hurt anyway? He's hurt anyway. He's hurt. He's, I don't, is he playing this whole year? Uh, they say he will. He's expected to, but yeah, right now – He tore up his ACL. Josh Dobbs right now. His team is desperately trying to move on from him. His team is tanking so someone else can become their quarterback. That's true. But the Jets like – if Rodgers says, let's say, I'm going to retire, maybe Kyler Murray makes a little bit more sense. You do have your first-round pick next year. No. He's no, an upgrade. It does he's, not. he's a Zach Wilson upgrade? No. I, I mean, no. Absolutely not. Uh, that I don't like. Jacob, I appreciate your call, and I appreciate your fandom, and I appreciate your concern. I don't like the idea. Uh, Cam, who's next? Matt in Michigan. Matt, go. You're on ESPN Radio. Talk to me. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Uh, let me preface this with, by no means am I an expert in football. I, have no, I don't have the knowledge that you guys have. Also, Cam, you are an idiot. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. So are you. Uh, so Whoa, when, Cam, uh, go easy on poor whoa. Matt. He's pointing out your idiocy, and now you're you're coming back at I Matt. I can't respond to being called an idiot? No, what is this? Not that way. When you are that much of an idiot, you have you have forfeited the right <laughs> to respond. how do we know the caller is an idiot? That's exactly right. Matt's not an like idiot. One. He's just pointing out the yeah. obvious. Go ahead, Matt. What, 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 what do you want to tell us? When you buy a... When you buy a Lamborghini or you have this asset, you insure it with the best insurance available. The Jets front office and their coaching staff clearly did not do this with Aaron Rodgers and the offensive line, not to mention not having a contingency plan for a backup quarterback. I don't know what the Jets were thinking. This is always possible. And I feel bad for you guys. Have a good day. So that's okay, Matt. I can counter both things you said. I get it. First of all, let's talk about not getting a contingency plan in the case that he got hurt. The difference between buying a Lamborghini and signing an expensive quarterback is that football salary cap is a zero-sum game, which is to say you can't afford the kind of insurance you're talking about. Now, as far as not upgrading the offensive line, should the Jets have done better at that? It's a reasonable question. I will say they tried. They were, they were, th- they were going to take the tackle in the first round this year, and because they had wound up having to swap picks with Green Bay, they didn't have that pick to do it anymore, and Bill Belichick made sure that Pittsburgh went up and got the tackle instead of the Jets doing it. So that, that they, they tried. I believe they were prepared to try and do it. And look, would the offensive line eventually have gotten Rodgers hurt? Maybe. But I don't think that was the problem last night. I have time for one more quickly. Cam, go. Stan in Virginia. (laughs) Thank you for the dramatic pause. Stan, you're on ESPN Radio. Final word, go. Yes, hi, Greeny. A couple things. Uh, It's ironic that uh, the Jets are in Dallas this week. Uh, Wondering if uh, you think the possibility of Cooper Rush or Trey Lance uh, trade is in the works, and then also very quickly, as far as the uh, AstroTurf, did you see Daniel Jones and uh, Dak with the uh, rubber on the face mask? Yeah. I think uh, mutually, they, 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 there's a possibility of them breathing it in the lungs, 
and maybe causing cancer somewhere down the road or wherever. Well, that part of it, I don't know. Thank you for the call. I don't mean to cut you off, but we're going to run out of time. Yes, the turf is a problem. Yes, I did notice the little pellets. We saw it on the face of Daniel Jones, and we saw it again last night a couple of times. It's, it's, It's unsightly, and obviously it is something about this turf. This is new turf at MetLife Stadium. These were the first two games played on it. We'll have to check um, into that cancer thing. The, the, that, that part of it, I don't know anything about. What was the first thing you said? Oh, Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush or Trey Lance. Well, Trey Lance is just not ready to play. Trey Lance yeah. is not more ready. And I don't think you're taking Cooper Rush. Yeah. I, I, the, why would the Cowboys trade exactly. Cooper yeah. Rush? No, I mean, it'd be, you, you should take him if you can get him, but we're not giving he, him He's up. a good, valuable backup to Dak, and Trey Lance is just a flyer on the future. All right. Uh, I would say this was fun, but I would never lie to you. This is... It's a tough day. Hang in there, everybody. We'll I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be over for the Cowboys game. Yeah, you're not Sleep coming. Sleep over at Greenies. you're never coming again. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. 